Welcome to the HR Ins and Outs for Small Business Podcast. My name is Matt Filer, and I'm here with our co-host, Cindy Filer. And we're from Innovated Outsourcing, and we are not only an HR firm, but also a recruiting firm. Uh, and today's topic that we're going to talk about really is on the, the recruiting side and what we see there. I'm an account manager for our team, and so my job is to be a liaison between our recruiters uh, and the clients that we have who are trying to hire. And so uh, this is something that we see all the time, and it's the interview, right? So all the time we interview people on our own, but we're giving them to the clients, and it almost is this thing of it's the candidate market is hard right now. It is. It is really hard, yeah. and so we're trying to get our clients to do anything and everything they can to make candidates love them when they walk in the door. So I think that's the question that we're gonna we're gonna tackle today: is how can you make candidates love you? And it's such an important topic, and I don't think anybody's really discussing it, but in a, in a situation where we have, you know, at this point, it depends on where you live, but 3.4 to 4% unemployment, which basically is zero unemployment in the real world of professional services, um, it's very, very important for you to get those candidates to absolutely fall in love with you. And that's what I say to all of our clients. Because we have some clients, the one will send the candidate to them, the candidate will come back and they'll say, oh my gosh, I'll do anything to work for these people. I love them. And then sometimes we have that candidate go to the client and we get a call back and they're like, I'd like to drop out. And so we started doing some investigative work on like, what does it take to be, the cl- to be the client that the candidate is clamoring to work for. And I think we've kind of come up with some things that you probably need to know if you're hiring people. Number one, I really want to make sure that every candidate that comes through your door, whether you're going to hire or not, absolutely loves you. That's the goal. So if you think about that as the goal, then all these other things are just tactics, right? So we want them to call us and say, I would do anything to work here, right? And so that's the goal. And even if you don't want to hire them, you get to choose. You get to say no, but we want them to want you. So a couple of things that you can do. One, it's really important how you treat your candidate while they're in your office. So we like to say, set up the interview really, really well. Make sure that it's not like at the last minute, somebody's getting their resume. They've never looked at it. You know, make sure that resume has been reviewed by all the people that are actually going to touch that person and talk to that person. Make sure that those um, people that you have hand-selected on your team to do that interview, um, they love your company. They're not going to sabotage you in front of your candidate. Make sure that you have hand-selected them. So again, it's who, who they talk to, um, and then it's how prepared the people are that they talk to. And then a really, really important thing is how much time the people have that are actually interviewing the candidate. Because if the candidate comes in, he sits down across the desk from you, and you pull out your computer and you start answering emails while you're trying to talk to this man and interview him, he's going to feel like he's not valued. He is going to feel like there's just no um, place for him in the company. Because if you're not going to take time while you're dating... He doesn't want to be married. So we kind of look at it that way. Yeah, and I think, you know, we always tell people, prepare like it's your top client that's walking in the door, right? Yeah. Do you have someone that's that's meeting them at the door? 
Do you have someone that, you know, what would you do? Would you be on your laptop or phone if you had your number one client who's bringing you a lot of money and you're on your phone or on your computer during the interview or during your meeting? Yeah, we're creating an experience for them. Had a very interesting conversation with a candidate just yesterday. And so she has had this great experience on the phone and on um, video calls with this, um, with the client. But then she showed up and there was no parking. And she hadn't been told that there would be no parking and nobody would meet her at the door. So she had to walk into this space of all people that were just working and just say, I don't even know where I'm supposed to go. Am I supposed to be here for an interview? And they're like, oh, who's your interview with? And there was like in a different building and there just wasn't a lot of prep work done. I mean, they could have said, hey, we're in, we're experiencing some construction out in the parking lot and you'll need to park here and then it'll take you five minutes to walk in, but we're going to meet you at the door. You know, it has just been a totally different experience. So again, prepare, 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 and make sure that that experience is A level, right? You give them a drink when they get there. They sit in a nice place. If the um, interview's at nine o'clock, you start the interview at nine o'clock. You don't start the interview at 920 and say, oh my gosh, something came up. And you would be surprised of how many candidates we have that say like the clients like had me in almost like their waiting room or their lobby for 15 minutes. And I think or forty five. Yeah, I mean, it, there's there's obviously extreme cases which happen frequently, frequently, which is terrible. But <laughs> they really do happen frequently. Uh, and then another thing that we're telling clients now is candidates are also watching how long the interviews are as well, right? Yeah. So there is such a thing. You know, sometimes when you walk out of an interview and it's been two and a half hours with the same person. Some people are walking out and saying, that was a great interview because they had me in there two and a half hours. That means they like me, all that kind of stuff. Not often. But not all the time. <laughs> we had, I mean, we had a client two weeks ago, had three people in over the course of three days, and they were scheduled for an hour interview, and they were there for three hours. They talked to two people, but three hours Yeah, that's just not valuing their time. It's, so if it takes you three hours to figure out if you want somebody... It probably is not a good idea. And candidates are in a place where they can still find other other places to work. And I think that's our that's our big thing that we're gonna have we're trying to get through our clients' heads at this point is candidates have options and they know they have options. And it gone are the days that you can just say they're lucky to work here, right? Or they're lucky to get an interview. They're lucky to get an interview. You know, we have clients say that all the time. Like they're they're lucky to to work here. And we think that's the case, but you have to convince him, right? Them that that's the case, that they're they are lucky to to work there, but you're gonna prove that by your by your interview and the way that your company presents to the candidate. Right. And just think about, I mean, I just want you to think about the entire experience, you know, from the time they come in the park till they come in the door till you start um, interviewing them promptly to the way that you give them attention during the interview, which is one-on-one, and being prepared and having questions for them, like you took time ahead of time to prepare, and then them meeting additional people possibly that are also well-prepared and succinct and, you know, doesn't take two hours. Um, and then the last thing we'll talk about is panel interviews, because a lot of people want to do interviews with, okay, well, I've decided I want to do our candidate, and then five people. Okay, well, that's a bad idea. So I think more than three people interviewing one person is a bad idea. One, it's very intimidating to somebody who's new to a company. Um, and this is at once. This is in one meeting span. Um, it's just very intimidating, especially you're, you're 
worried and you're nervous to begin with. And then all of a sudden, it's kind of like a firing squad of questions. And so if you can limit it to three people or less in an interview, that's great. We had one company that did seven. That is definitely not great and not a good idea. Um, again, if you want to do like two sets of interviews, like maybe three people in one and two people in the other, keep those interview times to about 30 minutes or less. By about 30 minutes, maybe 40 minutes, people have really lost focus, especially with the nerves and everything of an interview. So again, what are the questions you can ask to make sure that you get the things that you need, um, but also making sure it doesn't take a really long time. And then laying that out ahead of time so that they know, hey, today we're excited to have you in our offices. You know, we hope to keep you here about an hour and 15 minutes. You're going to have two interviews. One's going to be with three of our people that Bob Bill and Sam, and that's going to be for 30 minutes. And then we're going to have another interview with you with our CEO, and that'll be for 45 minutes. And so we hope to get you out of here in an hour and 15 minutes. And in between time, we'll let you get a drink. And, you know, if you need to use the restroom, we're going to do that. So hopefully this will be a good day experience for you. If you got any questions along the way, Jeannie sitting here will be your kind of your guide. And if you need anything, Jeannie's your person. You know, yeah. that's the a com- great... The communication up front, I think... We hear all the time that when clients really kill an interview. In a good way. In a good way. Yeah. Sorry. Got to clarify. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Millennials. Uh, Millennials. We're the worst. (laughs) Um, So I think, you know, when a client really kills an interview and does really well, we hear that everything was communicated really well up front. Think about over communicating. I use that a lot with our candidates and with just people in general. It's good to over communicate, you know, tell them more about what that day is going to look like than you even think that's necessary. Um, because that's that's really good. Because it might not be a big deal to you, but it could be a big deal to that candidate. And right. And you're probably not always hiring for someone that's similar to you. Yeah. Right. If you're the, the CEO of the company or COO, you're probably going to be a lot different than the bookkeeper that you're hiring or the uh, executive assistant or the controller. You know, you're going to be different than those people. So make it so that, you know, it fits, you know, that, that over communication is, is just a huge deal. And then make sure that I said the last thing I would be sure of in that particular interview situation um, is that um, you really do um, ask them questions that are positive. Don't try to catch them up because that was a big thing like 10 or 15 years ago in an interview. We wanted to like ask them really tough questions or put a lot of pressure on them or, you know, like like make them feel um, that they had to argue something during an interview so you can see if you pressure tested them how they would do. Okay, we're not doing that right now. Um, Because those people, they're not looking for that in interviews. We're going to have to figure out a different way to do that. Because again, you want them to come away feeling like I did a great job in this interview. I think I did great. So don't try to trip them up or give them trick questions or you want them to come out of that interview feeling like uh, dynamite, that they did a great job, right? And not try to then think, oh my gosh, they tricked me. Right. Yeah. And I think sometimes our, our clients, when we talk to them about this, they really think this is a gushy, yeah. like, you know, even the title of this podcast is going to be how to make your candidates love you. And I think most people will just maybe uh, type yeah. the old skip right on there. But I mean, this is truly a thing that can affect your bottom line. And that's how, you know, that's what we're saying about a lot of these things. But we're talking about this because we really think it affects your bottom line. And so you want to make the candidates love you because you want to have your best pick of people. So this is actually part one of two that we're going to do on how to make candidates love you. Uh, In the second one, we're going to talk a little bit more about communication. We're going to talk about 
the salary negotiation, and we're going to talk about the offer as well, because we think, you know, those three areas are really important as well as setting the stage for the interview. So we'll have that on the next podcast. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. If you would subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or whatever you're listening, that would be awesome. If you would like it um, or, or save it, download, whatever you can do really, really helps our case. And then if you have any HR questions that you would like us to tackle on the podcast, please let us know. We would love to help. Uh, And also, if you have any HR or hiring needs, uh, we'd always uh, love to help with those as well. We have a great team behind us uh, that does a lot of great work, and and we'd love to help your small business. So thank you so much for listening, and uh, we will talk to you or hear from you soon.